0: Uh, The series is about relating to God because we believe that how we relate to God first actually affects every other relationship. And so it's important that we understand how to relate to God properly and how God relates to us. And and it really makes a huge difference. And so this morning we're going to share some things with you along these lines. But uh, one way to say this, if you will, is that when our vertical relationship with God is right... Our horizontal relationships are going to work better, too. I know for me, in my relationship, me and my wife, we've been married a little over 15 years. When I'm right with Jesus, my relationship with her is better. And then there's times that she tells me, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. (laughs) Why? Because that relationship may not quite be where it needs to be. Or maybe I need to go and, and he needs to share some things with me that, what, I can be the husband that I'm called to be. I don't want to just be a husband to my wife. I want to be the husband that God's called me to be. And the only way that I can do that is to hear from him. To listen to him. And so this affects every relationship that we have. And so we really, and it is true. The more and the longer that I've walked with the Lord. And the more that I've allowed the Holy Spirit to teach me. The, the easier, I say it easier. Maybe, maybe that's not the best word. Maybe better I've been at loving other people. Why? Because I get his heart. It becomes less about me. It becomes more about him and it becomes more about them. That's a good place to live your life from. When it's about him and them and not us. When it's just about us, our world gets real small real fast. And that's a pretty lonely place to be. And yet the enemy would love for us to live in that place. But we really want to live a life that we're focused on the Lord. And so really to effectively... Love God. I mean, how many of you say, man, I want to love God. I want to do it. I want God to be pleased with my life. The only way to effectively, completely love God is to love people. It's true. The only way to fully, why? Because God loves people so much that he died for all of us, right? So if we're going to effectively love God, we got to love people. But if we're going to effectively love people, how many of you know, we got to know God, Why? Because just by nature, we are all selfish. We are all about me. It's just the nature. It's human nature. And yet, when we get closer to God, it helps us to love other people. You know, in uh, Mark chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 29. It's not up on the screen. Verse 30 will be up there. But I, I wanted to include this. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, the most important commandment is this. He says, listen up. Pay attention. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Every part of us, nothing left out. That with all that we are, you're like, well, I don't understand why we worship. Why do people get excited? Is your voice part of you? Your vocal cords, is that part of your being? You are to love the Lord your God with every part of you. The Bible says I lift up hands. Why? Because they're not just hands. They're, the Bible says that they're holy. They've been redeemed. So man, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to worship God with my voice. I'm going to worship God with my heart. And here we have the instructions that, that we must love the Lord God with all of our heart. This is the most important commandment. Numero uno. First. Preeminent. Like most important thing. Love God with all that you are. And he says in verse 31, the second is equally as important. So this is like 1.1 or 1.2, however you want to note that. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. In another one of the gospels, it says all of the prophets and everything of all of Old Testament scripture actually hangs on these two things. It, you know, take the Ten Commandments, take everything that God told us, that he want, how he wanted us to live, and yet he says it can be boiled down to these two things. If you'll love God and love people, you'll fulfill God's command. And so we have to love God to properly love people. And, and it's important how we relate. Why? Because it affects every relationship that we have. No relationship is exempt from our connection to God. And if we pull back and we pull away from our connection to him, it's going to affect our relationships. It just is. Why? Because he's the source of our life. Now, to, to really understand this and to do it properly, I think we have to ask ourselves the question, how do we relate to God? In other words, who do we understand God to be? It's You know, I mean, some people would call him the big man upstairs, Right? They're just kind of casual about it. Some people are like, well, you can't know anything about God. You know, he, he's just God. He's mysterious. He's this cosmic mystic being out there in the universe somewhere. But you can, you know, how many of you ever heard somebody say something like this? Well, you just never know what God's going to do. Am I the only? Has anybody else ever heard that? Well, no, I can know what God's going to do because why? The Bible says he's revealed his will in his word. I don't have to be shocked and be like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that God would ever do so." No, he revealed himself in the word of God. But it's important how we relate. And let me say it this way, how that we view God. Because many people view God like this. That he's just God, all powerful, all knowing. But he's just waiting on a moment just to squash us like a bug. Like he's just waiting on us to make a mistake. And he's like, gotcha. That's how many people view God. They're afraid of God, not in a reverential honoring kind of fear, but in an afraid, like, I want to run away from God. You see this in Exodus 19. The Bible says that Moses went up to the mountain to talk to God face to face. And yet the children of Israel stood down at the bottom and looked up and said, I ain't going up there. (laughs) Moses, you go up there. You go talk to God. Why? Because it says they were afraid and yet, God had called them to come close. And yet, because of their fear, their improper their, their fear of God, it actually created distance from them to God. And so, they just said, Moses, you go talk to God. Well, that wasn't his intention. That wasn't his desire. And yet, because of their view of God, because they thought, the Bible says, that they, they saw the thunderings and the lightnings, and they became afraid. And they said, whoever goes up there is going to die. I don't want to die. And that's how they viewed God. There's another way that we should look at God, which is as a loving, compassionate father. Because that's who he reveals himself to be throughout Scripture. He's not just God who couldn't be known or or experienced or, or, or felt. He wants to be a father that we can intimately know, very personally know. And yet, many times we can struggle making that connection. And yet, that's how he reveals himself. You, you look at that throughout go throughout the gospels how does jesus refer to the to god father jesus is the pattern on which we are to live our life and yet he referred pre, almost primarily the majority of the time he he called his he called god father and it wasn't just by his just by name it's actually relationship it, it, there's a relationship that comes. And, and so we have to understand that there is this connection. So we, we need to be on the same page as God when it comes to our relationship with Him. I mean, I'm a father, and my kids are young, and they make mistakes, but I don't get mad at them. Sometimes I get a little frustrated. Why don't you listen? Because they're kids, right? <laughs> but you know what? I love my kids. And sometimes I do really dumb stuff and I laugh at them, right? I know I'm not the only one, so you don't have to laugh and feel bad, but kids are for comic relief. <laughs> if you're too serious, have some kids. They'll, they'll make you lighten up, you know. It's like, holy cow. I thought I had an image to protect, but I gave up on that. And uh, <laughs> that's gone now. No, but we, it's important how we relate to God. Because he wants us to relate to him. As Father uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. The disciples come to Jesus and they ask him such an important question. And they say Jesus teach us to pray. Of all the things that they could have asked Jesus. Show us how to do miracles. Show us how to cast out demons. Show us how to do out all these other things. They said teach us to pray. Which tells me that they knew where the source of all the things that he did came from. Which was really through prayers. Through that relationship. See, prayer is about relationship, not just throwing up random phrases to God, hoping that he might work on my behalf. No, when I actually understand my relationship to God, it actually gives me confidence in which to go to pray. Because now I know that I'm not just trying to throw up, you know, God, would you help me? Would you help me? Maybe? Please? Thank you? Like, no, he's my dad. If I needed something from my natural dad, I would not hesitate to call him, and he better answer my phone call. Because he's my dad. Like, look, you asked for me. You better answer my phone calls. You know, I mean, that's just the way it works. But yet, when it comes to approaching God, sometimes we can kind of step back or almost be uh, a, a little timid and be like, well, I don't know. I, you know, let me say it this way. God has time for you. God has time for you. Some of you don't even believe me when I say that. You're like, well, you know, there's, there's, there's important prayers if it's important to you, it's important to him. It is. Why? Because he's a father to you. And yet Jesus tells us, he says that we are to pray like this. We're not even going to read the whole scripture, but he says, pray like this, our father. Now that's important because Jesus could have said a lot of things. Now guys, this is how I pray, but you're going to pray to God, but I'm going to pray to my father, but that's not what he said. He says, our father. In other words, the same father I have is the same father you can have. The same relationship that I have is the same relationship that you can have. And he says, that's how we are to approach God. It's through our relationship with him. On a basis of him being our father. That he's good to us. That he cares for us. That he's attentive to us. That this is the way that we are to approach God. Is that we belong to him. Now, another way that we can relate to God, and I think it's important, is that God is our creator. He's not just our father. He's our creator. Another word that you could say is that God has designed each of us very intentionally, very specifically. God doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't doesn't go, "Uh uh-oh, don't know what to do with that one. No, God created you specifically. Genesis one twenty seven says that God created every human being in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created everyone. He created every one of us in his image. So, let me, i just throw this in here as a side note. When you insult yourself, you're actually insulting God. Why? Because you're made in his image. When you downplay who you are, you're actually downplaying the greatness of God. Why? Because you're the image, you're the, you're the reflection of God. Now that's not a, a pride, we don't want to think that we're somebody, we're some, but, but it, God created us, what? To be who he is. Colossians chapter 2, I love this, it says that Christ was the visible image of the invisible God. Well, Christ didn't hear, but we are, so guess what? We're now the visible image of the invisible God to the world around us. And so it's important that we understand that that He has created us, not by mistake, but He formed us very intentionally. So God determines who we are as our Father, but He determines how we work best as our Creator. He knows exactly what makes us tick. Every detail about our life. What brings us the greatest joy. What brings us the greatest pain. All of those things he knows intimately about us. He created us that way. And part of the way that he has created us is to be relational. He's created us to connect one to another. And it's very important. That's why we believe in small groups. That's why we believe in getting face to face. Why? Because relationships don't happen in rows. They happen in circles face to face right not just I mean how well can you have a conversation staring at the back of somebody's head in front of you right now it's gonna be a little awkward no we believe in small groups why because we believe that we're better together we believe in 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 that we have things that we can share that there's things that I've learned there's things that you've learned and that when we share them one to another guess what we all get better That's what we believe and so that's why we encourage you. You can still sign up and get in a group. You can stop by the information center. You can get on the website. There's a place for you to connect. Don't be isolated. Everybody say this after me. I will will not not be isolated. isolated. Thank you. Now don't be a liar, okay? (laughs) Do what you say. Be a person of your word. No, we weren't created to do life alone. We were created for relationship. And so, and even beyond that, we actually work best when we have healthy relationships. How many of you ever had a bad relationship? How many got somebody you're glad you didn't marry? Come on now. Yeah. Why? Because that wasn't a good relationship. And you're glad that, hey, that didn't, didn't stick with that one. Praise the Lord, he delivered me. (laughs) No, see, it's important though that we understand that God created us. That he formed us, he designed us. And so it's wise to let the one who designs us define us. It's wise to let the one who designed us also define us. Why? Because he knows exactly how you work best. That he would bring the right people into your life. He would bring you into the right people's life relationships are a two-way street there's times that that on one side that we offer help and then there's times that they offer help to us and we were designed for relationship but we need to make sure we're in the right relationships it's not just how many friends can I have I got 10,000 friends on social media yeah but who can you pick up the phone and call that will answer your phone call that I don't care what they're doing they'll stop and answer your phone call that's how I define a friend by the way as a matter of fact, the more friends you get on social media, they've proven it. You actually become more and more isolated because you think, I got all these friends and nobody will, nobody will call me. Nobody will talk to me. I get on to my friends. When I'm the one who always calls, I'm like, you need to be a better friend. <laughs> I do. I tell them that. I'm like, I'm always calling you. You need to call me. And one time I told a friend of mine, I was like, I'm not calling you until you call me. And we went like four months. He called and I said, it's about time. (laughs) Holy Spirit had to convict you or something. I don't know, but why? Because it's a two-way street and God designed us for relationship. You know, I had a friend of mine here uh, a while back. Uh, We were still in Arkansas and her husband worked out of town. And so she called me and she said, hey, I don't know what happened to my car, but I just filled up, but it won't crank. So I'm like, well, I can be there, and, you know, so I go and I'm looking at it. You know, I call my friend. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sitting here with your wife's car. And he's like, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, it just won't crank. I said, there's no spark at all. And so we kind of get to talking. And so between me and him talking, we're like, we think that there's water in the gas tank. How many of you know that water does not belong in your gas tank? Amen. Why? Because it was designed to run on what? gasoline or diesel whichever vehicle you got and water is not an adequate substitute for fuel as a matter of fact it does a lot of damage and it did a lot of damage to her car and so we as individuals don't get to say this is how I want to function and God you're going to have to deal with it he's the designer and he says we run on relationships not isolation. Many times I believe, and I can show you this from Scripture, that many times the blessings and the things that we're asking God to do in our life that are held up is actually waiting on us to go do something for somebody else. You can go read it, Proverbs eleven twenty five 25. It says, He who waters will himself be watered. He who ministers will himself be ministered to. You go... You make somebody else's problem your problem, God will make it your problem his problem, right? And many times our greatest frustrations can really come back to that. That we're just focused on us and we need to get our eyes off of us and start looking at other people. Why? Because that's the heart of God. As we relate to him properly, it causes us to relate to everybody else properly. So the, the reality is, is that our lives won't work right without relationships. We see this in Genesis 2.18. God looks at Adam and says, Adam, it's not good that you're alone. And God didn't go, oh my gosh, I had no idea he'd be lonely. When God created Adam, he had Eve in mind. It didn't catch him off guard. And it's not related or, or just to the relationship of husband and wife. We all need relationships. We need meaningful relationships healthy, godly relationships in our life. Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul makes this statement. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. He says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. He says, I ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. He says, instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given... Oh, I'm sorry, that's verse 3. Verse 4. Let me drop down. I thought, that doesn't sound right. Verse 4, says, In the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. You have a purpose. That's why we, what, help people know God, discover their purpose, so that you can go make a difference. That's what we do around here. You have a unique function. So it is in the body of Christ. For though we, have many, or though we are many... We've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we all live vitally joined one to another with each contributing to the others. See, we all need good relationships. We need healthy relationships. See, I, you, you, I believe, according to Scripture, you, I don't have time to get, I believe that it's impossible to get healthy without godly relationships in your life. Amen. Amen. Like, well, I'm just praying and, and, and God's going to heal me. Okay, well, go read James chapter 5. It says, go to God, confess your sins, but then what? Go to others that healing may come. So, God uses all of us to help each other. It's the way the body works. It's the way the body works. And so, you know, but the thing is, is that how does God define good relationships? If we're going to relate to God and say, okay, God... I want to relate to you properly, but I also realize that how I relate to you affects my relationships and I need good relationships. God, how do you define a good relationship? I'm glad you asked the question because I'm going to give you a few things this morning to answer that a little bit. But, you know, the thing is, is that not all relationships are equal. How many of you realize that? Not all relationships are equal. Some are good. Some are neutral, they don't really take, but they don't really add, they're just kind of there. Some are bad, some are negative, they actually can become toxic in our life. They actually harm us in many ways. But the real question is, is what relationships are adding godly value to our life? Like real godly value to our life. And it's important that we know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 It gives us some instructions. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light um, live with darkness? And really, I think this, this scripture has been twisted many times, many ways, because people don't understand what it means. Because they think, well, I can have nothing to do with anybody who doesn't know God. And that's really not what it's saying. What it's saying is don't have a vital connection. Don't have your roots really deep in a relationship with somebody who is not lined up it, as you are with the Lord doesn't mean we don't have relationships. It just means that we need to have an understanding that all relationships are sowing some seeds into our life. And the question is, are they sowing the right seeds or not? And so we have to ask this. We we want to reach people. It's part of, I mean, the first part of our vision is what? To help people know God. How are you going to help somebody know God if you don't know them? I believe that evangelism works best inside of relationship. Not that I don't talk to strangers, but I believe that people are like, hey, you're not that weird and you're a Christian. Thank you. I mean, I'm telling you. You'd be surprised how many people just think Christians are weird. Spirit-filled people are just weird. They get around here like, man, you're normal. Yes, I am. Praise Jesus. Now I have an open door to speak into their life. But that comes through relationship. And we all have that opportunity. So here's one of the things that you can, that, a way that you can judge if a relationship is good or not. The first thing is this, is that good relationships make you better. Amen. Good relationships make you better. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man or so a friend sharpens his friend. They make you better. Friends should make you better. On the flip side, we should make our friends better. We shouldn't always be a drag on people. We should be sharpening one another. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 7. It says, This is Solomon who's writing. He says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. That's real positive. It's like, this is just meaningless. I observe, he says, This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, and yet works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. He says, man, this is meaningless. What's my life? It's just about me. It's meaningless. And he goes on in verse 9 and says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls is in real trouble. This is what scriptures tell us. So really our life is the sum result of all of the relationships that we have. Our life is the sum result of all the relationships that we have. And so no decision is really more important than the relationships that we invest in. The ones that we build on. Why? Because that's... Where our life is. That's who, how it's going to become. And so we have to understand. Right relationships will catapult us forward. In other words, think of a rubber band. I can take a rubber band and just throw it, right? And it might make it to the front row. What happens if I pull that rubber band back and I let it go? It's going to shoot through the auditorium. A right relationship won't just kind of get you a half step ahead. A right relationship, a godly relationship will actually catapult you forward. But a wrong relationship actually becomes like an anchor that slows you down and holds you where you are. So it's important. We need those right relationships. Now let me give you a couple of things here about a bad relate or a, kind of a, a negative relationship. Let me say it that way. This is ways that they can hold you back through mentalities and perspectives, ways of thinking I mean, if you're trying, if you're believing God to get healed, you don't need to be talking to your buddy who doesn't believe God heals. Why? Because he he's actually going to be antagonistic to what you're believing for. You need people that say, "Man, I'm I'm believing with you." People that are going to be sending you scriptures, I'm praying for you, they're encouraging you. People who are, you know, they can become people who are negative. It's just always a half half of, you know, it's like, "Man, You better be careful. The half glass you got, you're going to lose it. No, you need people who are speaking life into you, encouragement into you. You want people that aren't speaking fear and doubt. You want people who are speaking faith into your life. That are encouraging you, bringing strength to you, saying, look, you can do this. I know it's hard, but I'm with you. See, that's making you better. The second area is this, is that good relationships make you Healthy. I touched on this a minute ago, but healthy is very important. It's very, very important. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says that, God, or that he, being God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. This is what I know. And I just read it to you from Scripture. You cannot be healthy Spirit, I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually, emotionally, in your soul, without relationships, without godly relationships, without being connected to, the, to fellow believers. Why? Because it's what it says. God has given everybody a job and the responsibility is to make sure that everybody grows so that the whole body will be healthy and growing full of love. See, wisdom and experiences are shared. Grace and mercy. Sometimes we need to give grace to people. Sometimes we need to receive some grace from people. And sometimes we need mercy and sometimes we need to give mercy. Sometimes we need to share the lessons that we've learned, the wisdom that we've learned. See, some of you, the devil has just completely fooled you into thinking you have nothing to offer. And yet you have a lot to offer. You have wisdom, even if it's what not to do. I credit Pastor John with this. He, I don't know. I may have heard it somewhere else too. But I, I heard. I remember him saying. And it really stuck. Is that there's two ways to learn. Mentors and mistakes. Joe McGee says it this way. Let somebody else pay your dumb tax. I like that one. I want somebody else to feel the pain. And then tell me don't do that. Like why do I need to go sign up for that again? No man. I would rather get together and say. Hey. How do I avoid chaos? Alright. Let me learn from that. It's important. See, for some of you, it's time that you actually become the mentor. Yes. You're like, oh, I can't mentor anybody. Sure you can. There's wisdom in you. There's experience in you. There's things that God has placed in you. You're like, well, I don't want to get in a small group. Great. Maybe the small group needs you. Maybe you're not there for you. Like, well, I, don't, I ain't got time for that. I, th- I think you might need to make some time for that. Amen. It's important. It-, it makes a difference in our life. See, as much as good relationships will help us, unhealthy relationships and bad relationships can hurt us. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three, the Bible says is that, <clears throat> says, don't be fooled by things such as these. He says, for bad company, what? Corrupts good morals. My parents used to quote that to me all the time. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I mean, they tell me all those things. My, my dad has all these funny little sayings, but he would tell me things like, when you run with dogs, you gonna get some fleas. <laughs> that one stuck, you know. Because he would, he would tell me things about it. He, you know, my parents would, like, who have you been hanging around? Because I can see a difference in your attitude. My dad's like, you need to get rid of them fleas. <laughs> what he was saying is, hey... Watch who you're hanging around. Now, some relationships need to be avoided. Like, but I thought we were supposed to reach everybody. We are, but you're not called to reach everybody. I'm not called to reach everybody. The Bible actually talks about three different types of people. There's wise, foolish, and evil. Here's the difference. A wise person will help you. A foolish person doesn't intend to hurt you, but they'll hurt you. And an evil person actually intends to hurt you. I don't have time to teach on that, but you go look throughout Proverbs over and over and over. Wise, is foolish and evil? Why is foolish and evil? Well, hey, if somebody's got bad intentions for me, I don't need to keep getting in their way. I just need to say, go on through. I'm not signing up for that again. Doesn't mean I don't love them, but it doesn't mean I have to put myself back in harm's way either. So, it's important. And sometimes I need friends to tell me, hey, that's not a good relationship for you. It's stealing your peace. It's stealing your joy. What's going on? And as they begin to talk, they begin to identify. That's another reason we need those relationships. The third one is good relationships make us stronger. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I don't have time to get into all this, but I think you get the picture. If I, you know, if I was getting in a fight, I would rather have somebody on my back so I could see if somebody else was coming that I couldn't see. And that's why that's important. And so it actually makes us stronger. It, all relationships make us stronger. They make us better. And so you see this. I mean, you see it throughout Scripture. Jesus had an inner circle. You're like, yeah, but Jesus was God. Yeah, but God had an inner circle. If Jesus needed a crew, so do you. Paul. Always. He never traveled alone. He went with people. People went with him. Timothy's with me. Silas is with me. Barnabas is with me. I mean, you know, he he names off all these people who are always coming with him, going with him. He never went by himself. See, we need people to come alongside of us. Here's my last one as I wrap up this morning. And this is maybe one of the most important is that good relationships will keep us safe. Yeah. Now here's the kicker. From our self. Because sometimes we need people to give us perspective. Because this is what happens. Is that many times we believe that we're a lot worse off than we actually are. We, we self-diagnose. And we think, man, I'm really messed up. And sometimes you need somebody to remind you where you've come from. And say, hey, let me just take you back down memory lane for a minute. Let me remind you of when Jesus found you, what you were like. Let me help you get some perspective. See, it's the trap of isolation. The enemy tries to get us isolated. He tries to to pull us out, to get us alone. Why? Because he doesn't want people to be able to come and to offer us strength. But the other side of this, and it's equally as important, is that sometimes we think we're better than we really are. And we need somebody to what? To hold our feet on the ground. To remind us, you didn't get here by yourself. This was God working in your life. You're not this good. You're not that smart. Because we can kind of have a tendency sometimes To to think more of ourselves than what we really should. And sometimes we need friends to tell us. You know, two weeks ago I was sharing with you about uh, relationships. One of my favorite scriptures. I just love it. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And a guy named Oscar Wilde said, a a, a true friend will stab you in the front. Not in the back. A real friend's going to tell you, hey, take it down a notch. I've had friends speak into my life things that made me mad. Who are you to tell me that? But when I would think about it, I'm like, they're right. I've had friends tell me, you need to be careful. Watch your attitude. I I hear some pride coming in there. I'm like, shut up. What do you know? But man, there's conviction there. And it's really, it's not just them speaking to me. It's actually the Holy Spirit speaking through them Well, now i got a decision. Am I going to listen to the wisdom of my friend that's actually God speaking to me through them? See, we need to be in good relationships. Why? Because they keep us safe from ourselves. They'll encourage us when we need encouragement. They'll keep us humble when we need to be humble. They keep us level. They keep us on an even keel. Don't let us get too high. Don't let us get too low. They just steady. That's God's desire for us. But it's, it's going to come through relationship. See, we all need healthy relationships. And it's really hard to make it throughout life without good, healthy relationships. Godly relationships. Those connections. Why? Because if we're going to be a friend to somebody, we've got to what, be connected. And, and, and for those relationships to be right, this relationship's got to be right. We've got to have that connection. that Not just, well, I, I prayed a few weeks ago. Like, no, am I really listening to the Lord? Like, am I, am I paying attention to those little nudges of the Holy Spirit that kind of come like a random thought out of nowhere and all of a sudden there's a little conviction with it? That's the Holy Spirit. He's giving us little nudges. So if we, I mean, if we're going to be the friend that we need to be, our relationship with God's got to be right. It's got to be right because it affects. And so I just want to encourage you this morning evaluate your relationships there may you know there this is a side note but it's a great book there's a book called necessary endings by a guy named dr henry cloud i read it a number of years ago and there are some relationships he's actually the one who i first heard about the the wise the foolish and the evil from the concept comes out of his book actually and uh, but there are some relationships that you need to move away from because they're not good for you they're harming you actually And just because they were a God relationship at one time doesn't mean that they are still a God relationship. God may have brought somebody into your life for a season, but that season may have passed. And they may actually be holding you back. Now you're like, well, how do I know? You've got to listen to the Lord. He'll let you know. It's not complicated, but you you do need to, to ask. And then ask the Lord, what relationships do I need to be investing in right now? Who do I need to be really investing my life into and who do, who do I need to let it speak into my life like what relationships do I not have that I need that's important that we ask those kinds of questions because relationships make life good or bad our experience in life is totally dependent on the quality of the relationships that we have and so they, they really matter greatly And you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to get into good, godly relationships. We've got about 18 small groups. That's a great place to start. Sign up and show up. Sign up for a group. Show up. Get invested. Build some relationships. It's important. It's valuable. Would you just bow your heads with me this morning?